There is still an elegance to the Parliament Towers apartment building at 510 to 534 and a half Addison Street, just a few yards west of Lakeshore Drive. The sagging structure has seen better days in a neighborhood that has undergone cycles of decay and urban renewal during the last 50 years. But in the 1940s, when this was one of the trendiest addresses along the Gold Coast, it took a fabulous income, a gangster's bankroll, to support Estelle Carey and her swank third floor flat at 512 Addison Street. Tall, voluptuous Estelle Evelyn Carey attained a certain gaudy eminence as the gangster mall of tough guy Nikki Dean. Her after hours carrying on and her stubborn refusal to reveal the location of Dean's little nest egg where her sweetie was serving an eight-year prison sentence cost his former 26 girl her life. 26 was a syndicate dice game. Attractive young ladies like Carrie passed the time of night hustling the patrons of near North Taverns to plunk down their dollar bills on a sucker's bet. Estelle Carrie, a platinum blonde who dyed her hair jet black, was the queen of the dice girls who presided over the nightly snooker at the Colony Club, a rush street dive owned by syndicate heavyweight Nikki Dean, Son Henry Sonny Goldstone, and Dago Louis Mangano. Nick Dean, whose real name was Sarcella, was convicted in New York in 1941 for his part in shaking down four of Hollywood's largest motion picture studios by threatening the industry with labor strikes. Dean's connections to the Chicago underworld dated back to the 1920s when he guarded Al Capone. Estelle Carey, the alluring siren whose address book listed the names of 30 past and present lovers, was paid $350 a week and 25% of the weekly take for managing the Colony Club and the Yacht Club in Dean's absence. She hobnobbed with New York gangsters linked to Joe Adonis and Frank Costello and charmed a young soldier into jumping the fence and going AWOL. There was speculation that she was holding out on the mob. A million dollars of the racket-ridden movie union's wealth turned up missing during Dean's trial. Where was the pile? If Carrie had any clue, she wasn't talking. Estelle Carey was home alone the afternoon of February 2nd, 1943. Her roommate was out for the day, so Carrie decided to make a few phone calls. She was chatting on the phone with her cousin Phoebe when the doorbell rang. Phoebe remembered hearing Estelle's little dog yapping in the background, but Carrie did not sound overly concerned, and in the call, she rushed to the door to confront her killer. The Dice Queen's death was hideous and appalling, the desperate act of a coward. Carrie was bludgeoned with a rolling pin, which sparked rumors that the murderer was a vengeful wife. But vengeful wives are not in the habit of stabbing their victims with an ice pick, slamming an electric iron in their face and head, then setting their clothes on fire. The searing burns to Carrie's leg and torso caused her death, not the brutal battering she had endured. The body was discovered by firemen a short time later. Captain Brill Drury, of the town hall station blamed Carrie's underworld associates for the crime, whoever they were. Quote, she's a good girl, end quote, her widowed mother sobbed to reporters. Dozens of underworld suspects were interrogated and numerous fingerprints were lifted from the charnel house, but just whose prints they were was never determined. The press lost interest, and in time the matter was forgotten. Nikki Dean was deported to Argentina in 1955. And with his departure, the last hope of solving the case ended. Exiled to an orphanage by her widowed mother when she was an infant, Carrie viewed life in its narrowest terms. 
Throughout her short, event-filled existence, Estelle exploited her beauty and charm. She was one of the unfortunates who subscribed to Willard Motley's grim belief that one should always, quote, live fast, die young, and have a good-looking corpse. Good morning, Aurora. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Once again, episode number eight. The time is now 8.06 a.m. You are tuned in to the coolest, the first, the only daily news morning show podcast coming to you live every single morning. Well, not every single morning, Monday through Friday, 8 to 9, from lovely downtown Aurora to Aurora proper all the way out and spanning the entire universe. This is Good Morning Aurora. Good to see you guys on this lovely and sunshiny day today. The weather is very, 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 very different than what it's been the past few days. It's a nice, sunshiny day outside. It's beautiful. The sun is blinging, as they say. Uh, We've got a great show for you guys today. Got a lot to talk about, about what's happening in Aurora this Wednesday. Tell you about food and all kinds of cool stuff going on. Um, Also, we've got a wonderful interview coming up. You ever heard of horse talk? Have you? I didn't think you had. Um, We've got Diesel on the line, 8.30 a.m., Stay tuned. The history of horse talk in Aurora and everything in between. You tune into the show that all the hip cats are digging. Good morning, Aurora. So uh, the date is also May 20th, 2020. So are you familiar with carryout days? Carryout days, it's what's going on in Aurora um, every Wednesday and Friday in May. It is on carryout days. Uh, curbside pickup and delivery is available for a lot of our wonderful Aurora restaurants. You've got some great choices to choose from, so please carry out some food, show some love to the uh, small businesses and restaurants doing their thing, making your palate dance and delight. Um, so shout out to Altiro Latin Fusion. They're located right there on uh, Galena and Stolp. Downtown where the old school Midtown used to be. Midtown, that's a shout out. That's a throwback for y'all that know that Midtown. Uh, that's Altiro Latin Fusion. Uh, check them out with their food. We've got Dough Balls, Pizza Palace. That's on New York Street. Uh, they've got some great pizza and they got some specialty pizzas as well. Try the Buff Off. I think that's the one that has French fries on it. it sounds weird, but it's good as hell. Uh, Doyle as well, Irish food if you're looking for that. Uh, so many good restaurants, so many good restaurants that are around. Uh, Takalat Line right there on uh, Broadway and is that Downer? Yeah, Broadway and Downer right there across the street from uh, the Neighbor Project, which is not a restaurant. Other than that, there's some other good stuff in Aurora, so please be sure to check that out. Uh, curb, excuse me, carryout days, curbside pickup and delivery. Holler at my restaurants. Also, we've got um, Virtual Boss Babes. Shout out to Wickwood and the Aurora Downtown crew. That's a word up for them. Uh, virtual Boss Babes is, well, it's, it's virtual now. It used to be, a, uh, I believe, a gathering of ladies and uh, business women uh, to get together, discuss, and chop up ideas and everything like that. So they're doing it virtual uh, today, I believe that's today. You can check out either Wickwood or perhaps Aurora Downtown, maybe their Facebook page and their Instagram for more information on that. Shout out to the virtual boss babes. Well, shout out to the boss babes. They virtual today. 
time is now 8.09 a.m. Uh, also, I want to give a shout out to the AMVETS Post 103, 1194 Jericho Road, back there. AMVETS Post 103, good brothers. That's a uh, service organization, uh, brother service organization, who we want to give some shout out and some praise to at all times. Shout out to Paulie and the rest of the team over there, the sisters and the brothers. They've got a, um, a rib night. And that's going on. It will be on the 30th of this month, May 30th, which is a Saturday, if I'm not mistaken. Let me double check that. Yes, it is. The May 30th is a Saturday. Um, rib night, half rack of ribs, baked beans and coleslaw uh, for $15. That is the plate. That's the price. All proceeds donate, or excuse me, all proceeds benefit local area veterans. Shout out to AMVETS Post 103 at 1195, excuse me, 1194 Jericho Road, located right next door. Uh, well, there's something in between them, but they're like basically right next door to the Aurora Food Pantry. Shout out to the Aurora Food Pantry, always doing good things to help people beat food insecurity. Um, yeah, so that's a little wrap-up of the uh, quick daily news that we got going on. But we got some other local news uh, to tell you guys about. Treadwell Coffee is back uh, and open from 8 o'clock a.m. till 2 p.m. Uh, they made an announcement that they had to go up in their prices just a slight tad bit. But that's to be expected during this time of COVID-19. All of their stuff is still good, and we know them as dedicated locals and community partners. So shout-out to Treadwell coffee. Um, all spoked up, the bike shop that's uh, right next door to Wickwood House, I think they have like a, they have like a program where, I don't know if it's a program, but like you can drop off your bike, get it fixed there real quick, something like that. Um, so shout out to all spoked up because they're still doing their thing, but check them out because I'm not sure if they're uh, dealing with reduced times or staff or whatnot. Uh, McCarty Mills Tap House on River Street, shout out to them, located right across the street from the library. Awkward, but that's cool, right? Liquor and books, I like it. Uh, they recently opened up to shots, so shouts out to them. Um, and not only that, they had a little bit of a uh, short time to be open. I think they were open maybe today's Wednesday, so it might have been Monday or Tuesday they were open in the evening time, I think for a couple hours just to meet and greet some of the uh, locals and let it be known that they were open, but uh, stay up with them. McCarty Mills Tap House, shout out to them. Um, good job to the team of uh, and good luck and continued success with opening up that business. All right, the time is now 8.12 a.m. Chicago workers excuse me, actually, workers in Chicago hit McDonald's over a class action, excuse me, with a class action suit yesterday on Tuesday, accusing it of failing to adopt government safety guidance on COVID-19, also endangering employees and their families. McDonald's has failed to provide adequate hand sanitizer, gloves, and masks, and has not notified its staff when an employee has become infected with the novel coronavirus, according to a copy of the lawsuit provided by a spokesman for the workers. McDonald's said in a statement that the allegations were inaccurate and that safety, including wellness checks and protective gear, was a top priority. 
The workers requested the Illinois State Court issue an injunction, which, which, excuse me, which would make McDonald's stop requiring workers to reuse masks, mandate face coverings for customers, and require the company to inform employees if a coworker becomes infected. Separately, McDonald's workers at three California locations on Tuesday filed administrative actions over allegedly unsafe conditions with the California Division of Occupational Safety and Health. Employees at restaurants, warehouses, and other essential businesses that remained open during the COVID-19 outbreak have protested and walked off the job over fears of getting sick. Trade groups have warned of a wave of litigation over the pandemic, but few cases have been filed. Wow, that is a, um, that's a real good article. Uh, very good article from Reuters, dated just yesterday. Uh, McDonald's workers in Chicago filed a class action lawsuit. We spoke to, uh, this is our second week, our eighth episode. Uh, and, our, well, last week, during our very first week, we spoke to a local Marine Corps veteran who is also a uh, worker who recently went back to work. And she detailed uh, the steps that her company was doing to make sure that she was safe as an employee and that customers are safe. And um, she's not in the food service industry, but it was interesting to see things from her perspective. And it seems that her company is definitely taking things much more seriously than McDonald's in Chicago. Damn, salty. The time is now 8.15 a.m. Um, we have been, or rather continuing in our tradition, we've been also giving updates on the... Uh, current numbers and stats of the uh, CD, excuse me, of the coronavirus in the U.S. and also uh, our city and state. So we're going to share those with you guys right now. Uh, at, as of this moment, there are 1,504,830 total cases in the United States, uh, with 24,481 new cases. If that's my guest, can you mute, please? It might be my guest. That just lets you know how anxious we are to get ready and get started here. Ha, ha, ha. There are 90,340 total deaths um, with 933 new deaths, and that's compared to yesterday's data. And these totals come directly from cdc.gov, which is the website for the center's for disease control and prevention. Uh, now, on that website, uh, to reiterate, as we always do, they have a, or rather, they have maps to break down data in regards to the cases of coronavirus and COVID all around uh, the world, or excuse me, all around America. Uh, and the country. So you can look up on this website, you are able to look up cases and death by county. You can look it up new cases by day, cases by age. Uh, they also have cases by race and age and cases by ethnicity and age. And as we know, um, the coronavirus or rather COVID-19 has been impacting Latino and African-American communities particularly hard. So uh, if you're interested, please go to that website, cdc.gov. All of that information is uh, updated, consistent, and accurate. Yeah. Time is now 8.17 a.m. 
And for those tuning in, just now tuning in, we have at 8.30 a.m., we have the history. Our interview today will be with a man who needs little introduction, if you know him. If you don't know him, you'll need a lot of introduction. He goes by the name of Diesel. And he will be with us talking about the history of horse talk in Aurora. We'll be asking him what the hell horse talk is. And he'll be telling us about what the hell it is. Um, and it's going to be a good interview. You guys will love it. So stay tuned for that. That's coming up at 8.30 a.m. The Chicago Teachers Union sues Betsy DeVos and CPS over special education. Says policies create, quote, an impossible burden, end quote, during coronavirus crisis. The Chicago Teachers Union is suing President Donald Trump's Secretary of Education, Betsy DeVos, as well as Chicago Public Schools over their handling of special education during the coronavirus pandemic. The federal government's and CPS's failure to provide adequate resources and guidance for the shift to remote learning has created an impossible burden for special education students, parents, and teachers, union members contend. In particular, they take issue with what they say is a directive from CPS to rewrite about 70,000 individual learning plans for special education students in the district before the school year ends on June 18th. Aside from being impossible to accomplish and from threatening to interfere with the provision of the special education services needed by these children, the redrafting of roughly 70,000 plans is highly likely to increase the anxiety and emotional distress of parents or guardians that will further complicate the revision of these plans, the lawsuit states. The suit seeks an emergency injunction to stop the United States Department of Education from enforcing regulations that require such lesson plans for education, for, excuse me, for special education students to be revised. Neither CPS nor a representative of the Department of Education provided immediate response the statewide school shutdown prompted by the coronavirus pandemic and the resulting move to remote learning has been particularly hard on families of special or children with special needs and their teachers. Parents who, whose children normally have help from classroom age or receive speech or occupational therapy or other special services at schools were largely left on their own, to their own devices in the early weeks of the shutdown. Some services have since been restored were possible to provide them remotely, but in other cases, CPS has advised parents to seek, quote, compensatory services later when schools open, end quote. The time is now 8.20 a.m. We're going to take a short break, and we'll be back on Good Morning Aurora.
And we're back. Good morning, Aurora. Good morning, Aurora. The time is now 8.22 a.m., May 20th, 2020. And at 8.30, we will be interviewing our brother from another mother. Old school like Smothers Brothers, Diesel, telling us about the history of horse talk in Aurora. We'll be learning about what horse talk is, all about it and everything in between when it comes to Aurora. For those of you just tuning in with us on our eighth uh, episode here, what is Good Morning Aurora? Good Morning Aurora is Aurora's first daily news podcast and show, uh, and we aim to serve two main purposes. The first is social justice. We will be, and, uh, and we will be sure to highlight uh, areas of social justice that take place not only in our city and community, but also uh, nationwide and perhaps even worldwide. We will be speaking on those things which we think should be brought to the attention of the mass of people as opposed to being uh, obfuscated. That's the word of the day, obfuscated. If you don't know what it is, look it up. Uh, the second goal that we look to serve on this show is that we will be uh, speaking up for the underserved. So making sure that those people and those groups and those populations, and that includes our community partners and business owners and different initiatives around the city, get and receive the proper uh, you know, the, the proper word. Let people know about them. Get them give, give them a voice. Give them the shout outs. You know, uh, one of the things that we have noticed during this coronavirus uh, pandemic as it has ravaged Aurora is that there are many uh, and have been many businesses that were not able to adequately cope, get their message out effectively or transition to something uh, that would then be, you know, able to be sustained um, in the lack of having tangible customers come into your store. So with that, we like to give those, um, those places, those businesses, and those initiatives a shout-out. Uh, make sure that they are not forgotten. Uh, we make sure to shout-out our seniors. Make sure to shout-out and give resources for our, uh, our veterans, our undocumented residents, and also members of our LBGT community as well. So, uh, yeah, that's what it's all about. You know, that's what it's all about. Positive vibes, baby. You know, just uh, making people feel good and, and putting the information out there for folks. Uh, so the stable fund last week, the application ended on, uh, the deadline for the application was on the 15th. I believe that was the 15th. No, I don't think that was the 15th. That was Friday. Was Friday the 15th? It was the 15th. I was right. Damn. How about that? Yeah, so that application's deadline was uh, last Friday. I don't believe funds have been dispersed yet, but and I don't think that they announced a uh, recipient or recipients of that, but stay tuned for that. And if there's any update whatsoever, uh, we'll be sure to put that out for you guys. Yesterday, we were, had, we were fortunate enough to interview the media relations specialist for Northwestern Medicine, Desiree Battaglia, and she shared with us um, a blog, uh, which is also on the website of Northwestern Medicine, and it details helping a friend deal with anxiety. Uh, we went ahead and posted that uh, blog, uh, that blog post, on our Instagram, or excuse me, on our Facebook page, and the link to that is in our Instagram 
bio, uh, please give that a read. That was a very good conversation that we had yesterday on the information in that article in regards to helping friends with anxiety uh, is quite poignant. Uh, so yeah, check that out. It was really good. It was really good. The interview was great. Uh, we talked about wine, but it was an afternoon show. And actually, I'm thinking about it. We, may, we, we, might, we might pepper it up, baby. We might. Maybe we'll do another afternoon show. Were you feeling that? Did you like it? I know you did. It was great. We did it from like 2.30 to 3.30. It was cool as hell. But anyway, uh, the time is now 8.26 a.m. In a few more moments, we're going to be live with Diesel, my brother from another mother. Diesel and I, uh, give you a little background for you listeners out there at home, in the bed, in the shower, or wherever you're listening to us at on Apple and Spotify. Uh, give you a little background. Two brothers down there at the old Walter Payton Roundhouse. Two brothers. Diesel and I would would meet there mostly unplanned. And that's what we do. We go there, we chill out, and we just chop it up. And we came up with many a good initiative and many a good idea, which we will need to uh, formulate back in the bowels of two brothers whenever life gets back to normal because it's a good place to think. Two Brothers is a nice place. Like, it's a big, huge, like, right there in the, where the coffee is. Man, it's big as hell. Like, you're sitting there, the chairs are nice, like, comfortable leather and all that, and you're sitting down and you're just hanging out, and we would have many a round table. The, ter- the table's around. We'd have many a round table discussion there. So, you know, I mean, I mean, it's just so much. It's just so real, right? A call to shoulders. I mean, you got Diesel, you got your boy. I mean, it's just so real. I mean, the Rotary Club's in there every now and then. I mean, it's just so real, right? I mean, we're deep in a positive way. It's like if Mob Deep was a church group. I mean, it's just... It's just awesome. The time is now 8.28 a.m. And one more thing before we get to our cool interview today. Um, I wanted to share with you something that I just learned. Something that I just learned, like, today's Wednesday, so this would have been Sunday. Did you know that there's a town in Illinois called Orangeville? Did you know that? I had no idea that there was a town in Illinois called Orangeville. It's crazy. I was listening to a guy. We were, we were talking about hunting. He, he recently moved to Wisconsin. He's coming back for a little uh, visit. But during this COVID uncertainty and everything like that, you know, traveling between state lines, is it okay, whatever. And he was talking. He's talking. I'm listening to him and yada, yada, yada. Right? And then he's like... He's like, yeah, man, um, I'm coming, uh, you know, probably when I'm coming from Wisconsin, this, that, and the other, probably stop off, take a little nap. You know, I got some friends in Orangeville, and I was like, Orangeville? What the hell is, where the hell is Orangeville? He's like, Orangeville, man, it's a town. There is a town called Orangeville. It's a, um, it's a town in Stephenson County, and in the 2010 census, the population was 793 people. Holy cow. 
It's two miles south of the Illinois-Wisconsin border and 35 miles west of Rockford. Crazy. Crazy. Orangeville, Illinois. Damn, that's crazy. The time is now 8.30 a.m. And we are about to go live. Let's see if we can holler at our boy Diesel. Diesel. See if he's ready for this awesome interview. Diesel, are you there? Diesel, are you there? Earth to Diesel. Earth. We are here, Curtis. How you doing today? I'm all right. There we go, baby. There we go. All right. Perfect. Technology, my friend. I was wondering what the hell was up. Good to see you, my brother. What's happening? Can you hear me okay? Yes, I can. I can. All right. Perfect. Perfect. Thank you for coming on to good. Thank you for coming on to Good Morning Aurora. Proud to have you, brother. Right on, Curtis. Thanks for having me. No doubt. No doubt. So, uh, for our listening public, we are going to be talking about the history of horse talk in Aurora. But first things first, if we can, introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about you and where you're from. Uh, I'm Diesel. I'm from Aurora, which is a neat part of uh, being involved in Curtis's project here. Um, I, I'm a local guy. I love local. Uh, my dad was a fireman here in this town. Uh, my grandfather owned a shoe shop when they came over from overseas. I've run businesses in other places, and when it was time to come back to Aurora, I came back to Aurora. I grew up with some of the people uh, in charge here, so to speak, and uh, it's a great place. So that's where I'm from. Nice, nice. Good to know you, brother. Good to know you. So also in regards to that, um, now you you say you run shops. They've been different kind of shops now too, right? They've been motorcycles. You've got, you've got a, you have a show called Cycle. Tell us about it. Well, that's uh, the Cycle Vision Project, and that's working with Kenny Abbott on uh, some motorcycle promotions and things. Uh, that's coming out of Two Brothers Roundhouse. I heard you mention Two Brothers earlier. Yeah, yeah, shout out. Uh, Two Brothers is a great place. Spend a lot of time, like you said, you and I met there. And Curtis, I've been going to Two Brothers so long, I remember when it was owned by one brother. <laughs> that was uh, Peyton originally came in with some other investors and really took uh, the old building that we used to play in his kids you know it was the coliseum it was an old abandoned building downtown and here it is just just a real gem so as they come back through this pandemic it's going to be good to good to be back there but right. that'll be the two wheel tuesdays with cycle vision two wheel tuesdays with cycle vision okay wonderful right wonderful um now getting into it uh tell us about horse talk what is horse talk how to start Horse Talk started as informational videos on horse training things, horse behaviors, uh, things of that point. Some of the earlier videos uh, were shot quickly. Uh, if, if a situation would arise and we thought, hey, somebody else could get some good out of this, um, you know, we were recording it. So that had been a few years in the making. And then as anything goes, horse talk had kind of evolved into a, a sounding board for some tough political, not political, but social issues and important issues. Right. Um, we've talked about the homeless population. We've talked about uh, uh, different breeds of horses, uh, the environment. Uh, reviewed a book for our buddy Vern. I don't know if you've seen the video about uh, some of the reviews I've done. Um, <laughs> so that's a lot of fun. Uh, but really, Horse Talk has just uh, become kind of a sounding board for anything that it needs to be relevant at the time. 
We recently talked about the uh, river and shot a short video down there about how the Fox River is overflowing its banks, and it hasn't really been as high as this since last year. Right. And the year before that, because it's spring, but people see that and they freak out and they go, oh, my goodness, you know, we've got a, a pandemic. that I, I don't really want to talk about the pandemic, Curtis. I think everyone knows about that, so let's try and keep off topic there. Word up. But in any case, you know, people are worried about things, and, you know, it's the river. It, it's They put the windows where they put them. For a reason, the thing's been bigger, it's been smaller, and you know, I thought the folks on horse talk would like to, to know about that. Um, we've done a segment on plastic drinking straws in the environment and how they're such a superior product for building nests for birds, um, and that we should be using more plastic drinking straws. So, those are some of the topics that you'll hear about on horse talk. Very cool. Um, how long has horse talk been around? Horse talk's been around for four years. Um, we're just finally getting the channels done. A lot of the videos have been spread through Facebook and some other media outlets. Uh, but we're going to get the YouTube channel gone, um, running. We've got some horse talk apparel, uh, that's coming from my buddy at, uh, third degree designs. And, um, you know, we're looking forward to seeing some nice, uh, you'll be able to get your own horse talk shirts. So you too can be a horse expert. All right. All right. Very cool. Very cool. Um, now, the the history of Aurora, um, you've got a lot of knowledge of the history of Aurora. You said your dad was a firefighter. What are the... The Fire Museum. At the Fire Museum, Broadway Curtis, that we York. all know. Right. Right on. Great place to take the family. It was actually a working fire station. I could remember going to see my father there, so it does go back that far. Damn, that was like, what, 1903? Was that... Well, he wasn't <laughs> But yeah, there's been a lot of changes downtown, a lot of things have come and gone, and just, you know, the, the town in general is, when I was in high school, you would leave downtown Aurora, say two brothers, and head out towards Fox Mall, that was nothing, there was nothing there. You'd, you'd go past the old hardware store, which I believe is, uh, I'm not sure what it is anymore, there's a few car dealers, and that was it. There was a drive-in movie theater, I bet we wish we had the Skylark back anyone remembers the Skylark. Um, So, yeah, just a lot of changes, a lot of revitalization. Um, And a lot of good people have come to town. We've had a lot of big investors. Some things have worked out great for them. Some didn't work out well. Um, Something to remember. Anytime someone comes in from out of town and they invest heavily in in our Aurora, um, that person is still part of our equation even after they've gone so we've had some different investors come in over the years and uh you know spend some money they're investors they're people they're businessmen right things don't work out for them and they move on and i feel that sometimes uh we tend to pan those people a little bit and you know they didn't have a good plan they didn't do the right thing all that stops being relevant when you look at the renovations that have been done to the buildings. The fact that somebody's now coming into that space. The, the places that made the neighborhoods and the businesses not palatable, some of the living arrangements. Right. They fixed those. So even though they're not there, they still left an indelible mark in a good way on the downtown. So everything that happens for someone 
is at the end of the day, it's, it's benefiting the town is I guess what I'm trying to say. Right. Um, there's a lot of great projects, the pedestrian bridge, that's going to change the entire landscape of downtown. Aurora. Uh, and for those who are those listening, we're talking about the bridge going from Broadway over the river, which is back there. It empties you out on river street back there. Correct. Dumps yeah. out kind of where the old uh, casino parking area was. Right. But what that's going to do is that's going to give people the ability. Unfortunately, again, we're not going to talk about the pandemic, but the reality of how it's going to affect some of the bigger venues. Certainly. Uh, where people tend to gather. But you know what? We're Americans, and more importantly, we're Aurorans. We're going to get through this. Right. It's People will be back. The the, the River's Edge Park, uh, some of the festivals, again, Two Brothers uh, Festival, they're, they're so important to the town that it is people tend to, to get better and as the society tends to come up with, uh, whether it be vaccines, whether it be just the natural course of things or, or whether we just want to see folks again, right. we're going to find out a way to do We're going to find out a way to do that. There's way too much here. Uh, another quick thing about River's Edge is that it is truly a park. So, you know, ride your bike through there, look around, sit on the stands. I don't want to advocate trespassing, but stand on the stage and feel what it's like to be a superstar. <laughs> That's the, when you're Aurora on it too? Did, uh, Hell yeah. <laughs> right. Aurora did a lot, um, to make that accessible. Right. And that's one of the other things is that things are accessible. Um, you were talking earlier about, uh, some of the things going on downtown. I heard you mention some of the, uh, the names of, uh, well, obviously we all know Hesed House and the, the various food pantries we have. Mm-hmm. And you'd mentioned the neighbor project. Uh, hopefully you'll get to talk to the people in charge about that on the show because that is truly a great program. Yeah, I would love to interview some of those folks. Yeah, it's, it is a wonderful initiative in the city of Aurora. I mean, that's a good program. The neighbor project, um, the, uh, the street address escapes me, but it's right downtown on Broadway, directly across the street from the venue uh, in the little park. So, yeah, wonderful place. One of the neatest things about Aurora, as far as that whole charitable uh, vibe, mm-hmm. is the fact that there's so many options and so many good people. A lot of people think, a lot of people think, Curtis, you know, hey, I don't want my money to go to this or that, or, or I don't feel like I should have to support initiatives or causes or people that don't follow my ideals. Okay? Yeah, why do I have to donate a dollar to kids with no legs? Right on. So one of the beautiful things about Aurora is that there's so many different organizations that if you if your cause in life is donating um, food or, or working at a food pantry, you've got multiple food pantries to go to. Right. Okay. Right. If you want to volunteer to do construction projects, there's tons of initiatives there to do those construction projects. So it seems. Any kind of charity, whether it be clothing, food, uh, assistance, you'd mentioned, um, I think we're using undocumented this week, but we talked about people that need some assistance getting their proper citizenship. There's tons of organizations that'll help with that. And again, this is a nice town. It's a nice country. We don't care how you got here. But the long and the short of it is whatever it is that you need done for you, or I, I shouldn't say done for you. That's absolutely the wrong word, Curtis. But whatever it is that needs to uh, help you up, we got it in this town. Right. You know, we've got great theater. We've got great restaurants. We've got a river. 
it might be high and flowing right now, but damn, it's a nice river. So, <laughs> it is. Speaking of the speaking of the river, uh, my buddy Greg and uh, some other people in town. I'm sure you're going to hear some more about it. We're going to be restoring an old wood uh, wooden kayak from World War II. Yes, this so much we'll is true. Yeah, that's down. right. So we're gonna call that a sneak peek right now, though. We, we that's that's yes. Right on. We'll leave that up to them later. <laughs> In any case, there's just so much going on here, mm-hmm. and people should be here. They should be meeting the folks. Uh, we've got some big political names in town, you mm-hmm. know, that have been around forever, and they're accessible people. Maybe that's what I. Maybe that's the word that. Uh, that's always escaped when we talk about this town is accessible. Right. You can talk to the, the mayor. You can talk to the aldermen. You can talk to the people from the newspaper. They're walking around. They're in your community. You might run into a former state representative or, you know, some guy's writing a book about birds or some shit. But in any case, um, if you need services, if you want services, if you want to volunteer for services, if you want theater, you like the Paramount Arts Center? We got the Paramount. You want to go to the riverfront? We got the riverfront. And various little pop-ups that hopefully we'll find that we don't even know about yet. Yeah. Uh, um, so that's kind of my whole take on this town. Obviously, I'm a big fan. Um, but I'd like to get back to shamelessly promoting horse talk some more. Oh, promote, bro. Promote. I'm pointing, I'm pointing <laughs> promote. at the logo on my shirt. Promote it, dog. But, yeah. uh, so... <laughs> In any case, uh, the videos will be up on YouTube soon, okay. and we're going to have our own Horse Talk channel. We're going to um, have some fun with people, and that's that's the biggest part. If you've seen any of the other videos, uh, I have. I have seen. You I have. have. I think. I I think I'm going to. Um, so on our Facebook page, we're well placed mm-hmm. to start sharing Horse Talk videos. That one about the one that you showed me, where you're uh, near the river, talking about that one. I think that we'll share that one. Uh, oh, the riverology the video? Yeah. About the study of riverness? Yeah. yeah that's the one. <laughs> We're going to share that one. Uh, we'll share that to our Facebook page. You sent it to me in Messenger. Uh, so if I can just swoop it out of there and put it on there, I'm going to do that. But yeah, that was cool, man. So yeah, we'll be uh, uh, selling products for, again, shameless mm-hmm. promotion and uh, dumping some plugs for anyone that wants to uh, pay me, even if that's on your show. <laughs> um, but in any case... The whole concept was, uh, I guess the most challenging part of the horse talk videos is that I don't actually know anything about horses. It's not challenging at all. I, I think it's... I didn't grow up. I didn't grow up around horses. Um, wasn't raised on the farm and had a great, wonderful opportunity to meet some people and, uh, and take care of some horses. So I went from literally zero experience to managing 27 horses in a small stable and trying to make everything go and work for people and manage personalities. And I started taking some videos from the horse's perspective and some interesting, uh, tidbits about horse training and horse life. Legend. Uh, Again, not being a horse expert, it made it very difficult. And some of those things lost some of their message in translation, but I think everyone had a good time. with it. Oh, one second. Again, we got then, one second. We got some breaking news at eight 45 AM three Floyd's right. brew club has closed indefinitely. Damn. Three Curtis, Floyd's. why are you raining on our show? I'm not, I, you know what? Yeah, you're right. Um, yeah, damn. I mean, we, we can talk about those people and that's, that's another great company. But come on, we're, we're talking about horses. Horse talk, baby, yeah. The sun, 
sun shining. And here's what we got. We got Curtis talking about another business close. So, uh, back to horse talk. Back to horse talk. I got to right, keep yeah. the listeners in tune with the breaking news, though. You know. No, I totally, totally understand that. But back to and horse again, talk. That's, uh, uh, speaking of the horses and the economy, um, horse ownership is a great thing right now because uh, people like to own horses and ride them around. I've never really understood that, but uh, <laughs> they do like them. People tend to spend a lot of time around their horses, petting horses, doing horse things. Um, depending on the market that you live in, uh, one of the neatest things about horse ownership is you spend six to $800 uh, on an apartment for your best friend, and they shit in it. So that's basically horse ownership. Nice. Just keep that in mind. Horses are expensive, though. They're very expensive. Um, it is. It's like you're buying something for your friend that you know you only see every now and then, um, and then they may at any given time decide to not like you. Neither um, neat tidbit about horses, Curtis. Just so you know, is that a horse will do anything it's trained to do until it decides it doesn't want to. That sounds very. So I've had early, that sounds I've had very early adventures. Crazy. Um, it, it is. It's crazy when you wake up in the morning and think it's going to be a short walk in the park. And the next thing you're doing is you're chasing 12 loose horses around <laughs> a farm. Because, again, I'm not an actual horse expert and had no idea they weren't just going to come back when I called. Right. So in any case, um, a lot of cool stuff a guy learns on the farm, though. Um, for instance, here's a neat little tid- tidbit about horses, Curtis. Uh, horses eat grass and run from things that prevent them from eating grass. That's it. They okay. eat grass and um, they run from things that prevent them from eating grass? Yes. So they're like, hey, I'm going to eat grass. That thing over there is going to eat me and interrupt my grass eat. That's well, we're, it. We're talking, about a, 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 we're talking about a predator large enough to handle a horse, right? Well, but if you've ever watched uh, Wild Kingdom, there's a, quite a few little smaller predators that can handle a horse. So... You know, you could get wolves, you could get uh, chupacabras, I guess, mostly down in the southwest. Those are popular. And, those are not, uh, that's not even a real animal. animal. Curtis, who's doing the horse talk show? Let's let you stick but you, to... Uh, we can't, we can't, <laughs> we can't, we can't give our listeners okay. chupacabra. Come on, man, that's like... Hey, in any case, if you had a chupacabra <laughs> in your barn, you wouldn't want the horses to get them. Correct, so, correct. Uh, right. But there's, there is, I have met a lot of interesting people over the years in the horse business, and uh, it's just been a lot of fun. The show's been a lot of fun, and again, it's launched off into some other issues, always with a little bit of a unique spin on a, and a non-qualified person giving a qualified uh, program. Right. We see that a lot on the internet these days, where someone will become an expert on something, or they'll discuss with you their their opinions, what they found about politics. We got a lot of lawyers on uh, on YouTube and doctors these days. We all know that. But yeah. I always thought, what does it look like when someone truly doesn't know what the hell they're talking about? <laughs> okay? And that was the take I took on Horst. <laughs> so we're having a lot of fun. Um, we've talked a lot. I, I tend to poke fun at some of the homeless folks, uh, not because they don't deserve to be treated like everyone else, but to draw some attention to that, Curtis. 
uh, to let some people know that if I've offended you on horse talk, you, you, you don't have much of a sense of humor and you kind of should have got. So that's one of the other things I'd like to, uh, to do. We've done some book reviews again, unsolicited book reviews, uh, some restaurant reviews. Um, we've talked about reviewing some of the, uh, the various charities, restaurant you know, reviews, donate your restaurant reviews. What's um, the best, what's the, what's, what's a good restaurant review you've given or a good restaurant? Well, I'm about to give one, Curtis. It's kind of funny you should say that. <laughs> um, again, I'm a huge fan of two brothers. Uh, I haven't found a taco joint in town I don't like. So we're going to pop around some of those and talk about some things. But again, it's going to have a horse take feel to it. So right. the important part is that these businesses are being promoted. The, the people in the population that are being supported, um, we just want to bring awareness to some things. We want to have some fun doing it. Um, again, not everyone on the internet's an expert and you're going to learn that by watching my videos. So it, it's been a lot of fun. If there's any topic, what do you think, Curtis? You've known me for a while. What kind of topics do you think we should address on the first time? Well, hold on. You didn't give us that good review of that restaurant. I told you we're not going to do that right now. Oh. Okay, you and I are going to go out and we're going to do some restaurant reviews. Okay, we'll do you a, want okay. a restaurant review. Do you want a restaurant review? Give, what restaurant do you want reviewed, Curtis? Give our audience just one thing. Give our audience your worst restaurant review. About the worst restaurant I've ever eaten in, or the worst quality review that I've ever got. The worst review that you've given to a restaurant. Curtis, I, I can't do that. I literally, in name, can't sit here and tell you that I've eaten at a restaurant that hasn't done their best, put out a great product. That's something I'd like to, to bring up also, Curtis. Okay. Is a lot of people will go on Yelp and they'll start to pan a restaurant, a business because of their experience. Okay? I don't believe in my heart, and I hope that none of you listeners out there do, that anyone invested their time, their money, and their family name and opened up an establishment and didn't intend on giving you the best they had to give. True. Facts. I, okay. I, I feel that. Right. So right. no one woke up, grabbed their grandmother's recipe, rented a building, especially in an uncertain time, and intended to serve cold food. So here's what happens. We get a big rush, or, or Marissa downtown, I believe, has set up some of the uh, takeout days. Mm-hmm. People are overwhelmed. They don't know what to do. This is new for everyone. Trust me. Everyone's doing their best right now. So I wouldn't dare take a chance on making a bad review of a restaurant today. However, (laughs) feel free to ask me once this is over. (laughs) Word up. Right. Because I was going to say, like, I got a couple bad reviews. But anyway, we'll leave that. Have you ever been to Ed DeBevix? Do you remember the Ed DeBevix chain? Yeah, I remember Ed DeBevix. Hell yeah. There's an envelope that can be pushed to Ed DeBevix, but that's probably for a private conversation. Right, and that's but that's again, the only there, place that's I that's the only place that can that can push that envelope, though. Oh, I know. I found that out, Curtis. I found yeah. that out very yeah. quickly. Um, but in any case, uh, you know, I've eaten at a few restaurants where I actually thought that that was part of the stick here locally was the rudeness. So <laughs> well, that's as far as I'm going to go. Right. Um, but yeah, everyone's trying right now. Everybody's doing something new. So we'll do some restaurant reviews on Horse Talk once everything opens up and, uh, and people are 
little more able to take the uh, take some uh, fun and constructive criticism of those reviews. Right. The time is now 8.54 a.m. Um, and we wrap up at 9. So we like to leave. We like to end the show. We've got six more minutes. We like to end the show on a positive uh, note every single day. So um, from Diesel's perspective, what would you like to uh, what would you like to instill in our listenership, our in our population, those tuning in, folks in Aurora? Um, what would you like to instill to them on this Wednesday. Curtis, Curtis, I'll tell you what. Uh, uh, hug your kids, pet your horses, and most importantly, I don't have my soapbox here in front of me. But if I did, you'd know I'd be standing on it. Straight we up. We got a lot of homeless folks in. We got a lot of homeless folks in Aurora. Um, you don't have to give them money. You don't have to listen to their story. But you do have to be nice. Right. So, be nice to the folks. Word. Word up, word up. What's all that behind you? Are those helmets? These are motorcycle helmets. Uh, I'm actually in the regular studio that we use for the radio show and some other things. Uh, some of my day-to-day helmets, if I'm going to plug away. The guys at LS2, which is actually a local-ish Aurora company, uh-huh. uh, my take on motorcycle helmets is, is very, uh, very clear. You should be wearing them. You don't have to wear them. You're not obligated in the state of Illinois great folks to debate some of the other MROs make sure that you don't have to wear that helmet and that you can make your own decisions but I do ask that you make good decisions what's an MRO so, LS, a motorcycle rights organization oh, okay. uh, like like in any case there's quite a bit of uh, if you give away a little bit of freedom then the next thing you do is you give away a lot I'm sure that could be a topic for another show uh, but that's it man be nice to the bums and wear a helmet Nice, nice. Yeah, see your um, studio looks looks good back there, man. And let us know about that book as well. Oh, speaking of studio, Curtis, later on, oh, maybe uh, we're going to get into some green what? screen video there. You can't <laughs> see this on the radio. But we might be doing a little bit of that on Horse Talk if the weather turns bad or we can't get some real horses. So. Oh, man. Uh, let us know about the book. Right on, right on. Curtis's, or uh, the book I reviewed, or... The book, book that's, of? the book that's sitting right there, was that the last book you reviewed? Oh, Vern, uh, Make Earth Great Again, Vern Levia's book. Again, I have a horse talk video on it. Um, Vern's been involved in quite a few things mm-hmm. in town. Uh, he's got some connections in town and owns some property. Uh, Vern's a character, but he's very, very serious about his environmental issues. Okay. Uh, travels abroad, uh, meets people, does some good work, and he does care about the environment. And you, if you've ever seen me in public with Vern, I love to rip the guy, but seriously, he's got a good heart. Nice, nice. So. Book reviews. Yeah, I like, uh, boy, I love reading books. We do, uh, we do a little bit of reading every day in the morning. Oh, I forgot to tell the folks what we read this morning. We read Return to the Seam of the, of the Crime, A Guide to Infamous Places in Chicago by Richard... Lindbergh. That was a great book. I heard that. I heard that when you came on this morning. So, if you, was that a few lines from that book you were reading? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Right on. All right true. On. All true crime uh, cases. Really good. I miss the reason why we do a little bit of reading is because, like you know, knowledge still is important. Libraries are closed down. People are vegetating their brains on stupid ish, and that's not good. So they need, you know, they, the printed word is always what's up. 
uh, all true stories. You know, with di- with digital becoming so mm-hmm. common and people reading stories on their phones, and even some of the CBN and Horse Talk things were kind of written because we knew people would talk about them on their phones and, and view them on their phones. Um, pick up a book, man. Right. Pick up a real book. Straight Find up. Something. It doesn't need. To, it doesn't need to be a classic. It can be the Reader's Digest, but feel those pages. Reader's read Digest words. is. Mm, that's right. does good, it even exist anywhere? That's good I know reader's reading. Digest is a thing, Curtis. <laughs> Anybody out there? Maybe we should do some read, uh, Reader's Digest reviews. Yeah, you know stories. what? I'm gonna. I'm gonna put that on the list, baby. We'll put that on the list. Maybe that's Digest. where it started, Curtis. Maybe that's where the the journalism or the writing started. Was reading those little Reader's Digest articles. And, uh, well, you know where you read those. Who are we kidding? I love. Anyway, I love Reader's Digest. Uh, Grew up yeah. with it. As, you know, the other thing, too, speaking of that real quick, is people are still printing magazines, folks. They're printing motorcycle magazines. They're printing horse magazines. And we can talk about saving the environment. We can talk about all these other things with the trees and the paper goods. Man, there's nothing like an old car magazine or an old hunting or fishing magazine, depending right. on what you're into, you know. Right. You hear the pages crackle, and you've got it. and You can smell you the can pages. You can six years later. You can smell the pages. You can pick it up years later. And my personal bedroom as a child was decorated in pages cut out of different car and motorcycle magazines. Right. You know? yeah. For me, it was National Geographic, the poster that came inside of it, zoo books. Right. Um, right. All of it, man. Comic books. I'm a big comic book guy, though. So, like, you know, Wizard Magazine, every poster insert of Wizard Magazine. Oh, God. Kids today, I saw this on a meme, but kids today don't know what it's like to read 10,000 books to get a personal pan pizza. <laughs> if you remember the, right. old, <laughs> the old Reddit program. Hell yeah, and it so, was like this big, so it was great. You know, maybe we'll do a book reading on, uh, on Horse Talk. We got the time, so. Word. Um, so, the time is now 9 o'clock a.m., and we've got about a minute and 86 seconds, well that would be two minutes or something, right? I don't know. But uh, yeah, we got about a minute and 86 seconds left, so I'm going to let people know that uh, yeah, this is episode eight. We appreciate our uh, our buddy Diesel coming in for our interview, right, The History of Horse Talk and Aurora. This will be uploaded here momentarily. Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, Breaker, TuneIn, anywhere you can listen to a podcast at, check us out. Good morning, Aurora, coming to you live Monday through Friday, 8 o'clock to 9 a.m., the new home of Aurora Media Talk and all that good stuff in between. From me and Diesel, we say to all of you, peace. Later on, Curtis. Thank you. Later, brother.